Calling all Swifties and champions of change, Like a Girl Media is rolling out the red carpet for you with our Thrive Like a Girl contest. We're all about celebrating powerful women leaders who inspire us to dream big and push boundaries. And who embodies that spirit more than Taylor Swift herself? Here's your chance to see her live in concert. We're giving away two tickets to Taylor Swift's show in London on Saturday, June 22nd. Imagine being part of the magic, all thanks to Like a Girl Media. Entering is easy. Subscribe, share, and show us which episodes inspired you the most. Visit our website or check our social media for all the details. Don't just dream it, be it. Thrive like a girl and make this summer unforgettable. Contest opens globally, voidware prohibited, must be 18 or older to enter, no purchase necessary. Subscribe and share with hashtag thrive like a girl and tag us at like a girl underscore media for entry. Unlimited entries means unlimited chances. Winner chosen at random after contest closes May 20th, 2024. We'll be notified via DM. Make sure your profiles are not private. Check full rules on our site. This is your shot to see Taylor Swift live. Don't miss it. Hey there, and welcome to the Hit Like a Girl podcast. My name is Joy Rios. I'm the host. And on this show, we talk about how complicated healthcare is. It is a super complicated industry that we work in. And I liken it to a 30,000 piece puzzle where each of our guests kind of shares their piece, their expertise. So I would love it, Julian, if we could take a moment for you to introduce yourself. Like what is the piece in the healthcare puzzle that you hold? Okay, it was a pleasure. So yes, I'm the CEO and the founder of a company called Galen Growth. It is the result of 30 plus years of working in healthcare, where I used to work for large pharma companies or large medical device companies. And towards my end, I guess, of my career in large corporations, I was living in Singapore at the time and got into a conversation around the, I guess, the role of digital health. Of course, it was called health IT in those days. We're talking late noughties. And it opened my eyes to the fact that it's certainly in Asia Pacific, digital health is going to play an unprecedented role in transforming healthcare, improving awareness, affordability, and access to healthcare. And that set me off on my journey of understanding what was happening in, uh, in digital health in Asia Pacific. So the role really we've taken on is ensuring that there is full visibility and transparency of the innovation in digital health across the globe to enable those who wish to participate in that ecosystem to be able to make the right decisions. How do you get that information? Well, listen, we were born in Singapore, and so we learned the hard way. We found ourselves in an environment that is highly fragmented, somewhat opaque, and certainly a lot of language barriers. You know, in Japan, everything's written in Japanese characters, so you need to get quite smart. So we got very smart and started making very clever use of technology to gain that information, but more important to curate and validate that it was correct. So we have various sources. We have a physical team that actually do the primary research, but we also have got very clever with crawlers getting hold of information automatically and then validating information automatically so that we can use it live or real time for our clients. Fascinating. Okay, Beth, can you please introduce yourself? Uh, Beth Friedman with Senior Partner with Finn Partners based out of Atlanta, Georgia. And I guess I've been in the industry 30 plus years as well. 
Started in a hospital, worked there for quite a while in medical records and data quality and uh, just at the very forefront of what you called health IT mm-hmm. back in the 90s when we were just putting in EHRs and hospital information systems. So been working both in the provider side as well as the vendor side for a long time. My career has now led me to uh, supporting companies, vendors in the industry, also consulting firms through public relations, thought leadership, and really trying to help get out best practices, get out lessons learned, really that peer-to-peer exchange in healthcare. So that's what we support with a lot of different clients. And Finn Partners is very uh, honored, obviously, to partner with Julian's company on a report that we're going to talk about today. Yeah, can we talk about this? Tell me about the report. So there's a bit of history to that. Um, So Galen Growth is now the world's leading digital health, private market, data, intel, insights platform builder. And so we have been tracking digital health across the globe since 2017 and reporting on it since 2017. So if you visit our website, you'll see a myriad of reports of all, all sorts of thematics in digital health. Now, I've known some of the healthcare practice at Finn for some time, although in their previous lives, before they joined Finn, so Gil Bash and Ritesh Patel. And um, we've always had a really healthy debate around digital health and what's it really done for healthcare. But we were trying to find an opportunity to work together. And uh, this all, all nicely gelled um, earlier this year when we felt that there was a need to create much deeper understanding of what truly is going on in digital health across the globe and how does that vary from one region to another and try and get beyond the funding conversation that's endless and, and really get into truly who's doing what and how well are they doing it. Well, who is doing what and how are they doing it? <laughs> There's a lot of very interesting trends. I mean, the, I guess the TLDR of the report will be that funding is down. Everybody knows that, but it's variable from region to region. So overall, it's a picture that says 35% decline in funding of 22 versus 21, but you probably say that 2021 and 2020 were somewhat abnormal years. So funding's kind of back where it was is probably the best way to describe it. But if you look at it region to region, the US or North America, but it's mostly the US when it comes to funding, and Asia-Pac are are, are the most impacted because China is on lockdown, Mm -hmm. still on lockdown. Europe less so impacted, but still a bit down. But Latin America, for example, and uh, the Middle East, which is mostly Israel, uh, are up. So you can see some big variances there. From a therapeutic area, which we look at very closely, oncology is still the number one favorite for for investors and, and, and therefore the money going towards digital health focus on that space. We're seeing mental health still strong. A little less than it was, but it's still very strong because it's still a huge set of activities during COVID. And then cardiovascular, which never gets mentioned, but it's still that biggest killer in the in the world in terms of human being death, is number three in terms of, of the funding at the track. So so things are things are going well. And and where is the funding going? Mostly towards early stage ventures. So so it's really the the big established digital health firms that are taking the biggest hit at the moment, you know, because they are large, they require a lot of funding to keep going and therefore they need to raise a lot of money. And so I think investors have started looking for more proof points, evidence, efficiency than growth at all costs. Well, one of the conversations that has come up quite a bit at this table is the need for efficiencies and then how the finances of a lot of healthcare systems are not performing very well. So it's great to know that there's funding, but how do we know that the use of those funds are put to the best possible way that they could be. Yeah, here at the conference, we had a summit yesterday. And one of the takeaways that I got from the panel sessions, which were fabulous, was that investments now need to show impact. 
and that they need to show that return on investment and that they are impacting either you know, the efficiency, the patient care, the physician burnout, all of our biggest challenges in healthcare today, that there is an impact being made. And I think that that is just a very pragmatic approach and something you know, that we absolutely have to have in our healthcare systems. So it was good to hear that. How is it measured? How is impact measured? Return on investment mm-hmm. and whatever, trying to, whatever, you know, obviously fixing whatever the challenge or problem was that that startup company was set out to face. You know, they've got to obviously be very specific about the challenge and the problem they're trying to solve. And then they need to prove that they have solved that. I mean, the health systems are quite interesting from a perspective. I mean, certainly I'm learning about health systems in the US because they're very different to the ones in Europe, for example. But yes, ROI is one measure, but of course, resource, you know, usage, utilization is another. Yeah, and, and so there's many different ways of measuring efficiency in a health system. But what was really heartening was to hear the health systems yesterday talk about the fact that digital health was clearly on the map, a strategic imperative to, to some extent rethink their business model and therefore how they continue providing the care at a more manageable cost, but the same quality of care. So, so it's quite interesting from that perspective. So I think COVID has put a big spotlight on the role of digital health. It's also impacted health systems budgets negatively as well. So I think what's generally called the digital front door, for example, is becoming increasing a reality for health systems that are needing to do more with less. What are some of the other insights from the report? A couple of worrying ones, I guess. Not wanting to to scare people, but um, if we did that interesting exercise of looking at how many of the 12,000 digital ventures we looked at as part of this report, and which ones had actually raised money in the last 18 months. Because, of course, in 2021, there's money going everywhere from anywhere, and therefore you'd expect everybody to have raised. But actually, only about 30% of those 12,000 ventures actually raised money in the last 18 months. I think a lot of people thought the music would just keep going. And so I think we're going to see a bumpy ride in 23 as people need funding. And, of course, now funding is not so easy to get hold of. The other one, which is kind of connected, is we also take quite a lot of interest in the clinical evidence of digital ventures. All we mean by that is, you know, can the digital venture tell a good story? Yes, but can it back that good story with true clinical medical evidence that it can do what it can do? Not always appropriate to each digital venture, of course, and some wellness apps for, for which it's not appropriate. But if you're a DTX venture, digital therapeutics venture, then it is a must. And so we looked at that. And so we have a particular formula to to assess this and the report gives a bit more information about that but essentially what we conclude is less than 20 percent of digital ventures across the globe looking at all 12,000, have what i would call substantive clinical evidence and so there's still a lot of work to be done to to demonstrate that and it's an interesting point because i was talking to the american heart association only a few hours ago and they were wondering whether HLTH, where we are today, will at some stage start moving towards seeing digital ventures starting to announce you know, clinical evidence or clinical trial results, as they do at JP Morgan, for example, rather than a bit of a show and tell is what we're getting here at the moment. Anyway. If I wanted to know more about digital health around the world, what would I need to know? Because, I mean, we do a lot of focus on U.S. stuff, but Mm. you're coming from a global perspective. So for somebody who doesn't have that much insight into digital health technology around the world, 
what would be really informative or helpful just or insightful to know? It's a tough question to answer. I mean, every one of these health systems is slightly different and are a different level of maturity. So digital health is probably about 10 years old. Okay. And the US is probably the most mature of those ecosystems. It uh, is also, of course, the ecosystem with the greatest healthcare spend. Uh, 20% of US GDP goes on healthcare. And it's also the ecosystem with the most digital, sorry, the most VC funding. So that's a very different set of dynamics to, for example, what's, what's happening in Europe or for that matter, Latin America that's very nascent. So there's no quick and easy way of getting to that answer. Obviously, I'd be biased in saying that um, talking to the Galen Growth team, my team, depending whether you talk to my team in Asia or my team in Europe or my team in the US, you will get a different set of answers depending on what you're trying to solve. I mean, I would be, I guess I'm more interested in, we talked about China for a second. Sure, like sure. if they're still in lockdown, like what kind of digital health technologies are important to them right now? I imagine... No, it's, a, it's a very good question. So what's happened, the, the COVID zero policy that the Chinese government's running has is having obviously a negative impact in terms of the total volume of deals being done, some of it, because, of course, the international investors have been excluded from that. Not to mention, of course, we've got some geopolitical you know, volatility in the system. But the Chinese government has been very clear that digital will play a fundamental role in democratizing healthcare to the whole population. And then my numbers are slightly out of date, but I think the average spend per member of population in China on healthcare was 200 US dollars. I think those numbers are slightly out of date now. It's probably doubled since. But that's not a lot of spend per member of population. So you do need to be much more efficient. And the Chinese government's been very deliberate that digital health is going to play a fundamental role. That's why you're seeing the big Alibabas of this world, you know, being given a pretty close mandate that they need to to make a difference in healthcare. I mean, I'm sure that their experience is just wildly different than what we are experiencing over here. Beth, I want to give you a chance to talk. What are the insights and findings that stand out to you? You know, for me, it has to do with still a lot of investment and interest in mental health and behavioral health. And I think that that is perhaps with the pandemic as well, perhaps a global phenomena, because certainly we see it here in the United States, right? We're seeing it a lot with teenagers. Uh, teenagers right now are the highest population to get therapy, mental oh, health therapy. I have something to say about that. I went yeah. to a Harry Styles concert a few weeks ago, and Harry Styles, who was a singer, you know, mm -hmm. and he said, tonight's a very special night. My therapist is in the house. And he, it was 20,000. It was a stadium concert, and he, there's 20,000 people there. And he says, scream, if you go to therapy, everybody say, yeah. And there was a huge roar. Ah, I go to therapy. Woo. And it was like everybody like being proud and happy and around like being excited that they go to therapy. And then he followed up and said, okay, well now scream if you don't go to therapy. And then there were a few other people who, well, not a few, thousands of other people that screamed. And he says, uh, it sounds off. I think you guys should go to therapy. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> yeah. So really to have the report confirm, you yeah. know, what we're hearing in the news, which is there is a big trend and a need, right? And then we're seeing that at the same time where we do have a big provider shortage in that area as well. So for me, it was it was kind of good to see that we're, the, the investment community yeah. is really looking at that sector and that population because I think we have needs there. And they're going, they're investing in technology or human resources or where's the investment going? Well, that goes back to the report, right? I think it's right. technology, correct? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, there are different 
sizes and shapes of these mental health digital health businesses. Some of them are pure digital and others are, you know, the old term was bricks and clicks, I guess, which is that there is also a human element to it, you know, therapists, et cetera, because the app gets you so far, but uh, often enough you need further help. And Absolutely. Therefore, you know, yeah. you need that in human interaction. So is this a report that comes out Quarterly? Does it come out annually? How often are you guys doing this amount of research? Seems like a big lift. So we published the inaugural one on Monday and presented some of the findings uh, yesterday here at HLTH. So exciting. We have a program of uh, reports that we are going to do in collaboration between Finn Partners and, and Galen Growth. I think our next report is JP Morgan in San Francisco yeah. in January, where we'll be looking at the full year. So this is a snapshot of 2022, and we're okay. planning to look at the full year. And then um, the rest, I think, is uh, to be announced, isn't it, really? But uh, we've got a program for 2023, yes. Well, and with this information, people are making decisions, mm. right? So what is the intention and hope that, like, what is it that you want to see as a result of providing this amount of information to all the stakeholders that will use it? Well, for us, it's, it's trying to demonstrate that digital health is alive and well, that isn't all doom and gloom, there's funding to dropping through the floor that there's a lot of very exciting things going on. It's variable from region to region and that that information is available in order to make those informed decisions, be it a health system, be it a consulting firm, be it a large pharmaceutical company or be it a digital health innovator trying to grow. Wonderful. Yeah, just helping to provide some guidance and some steering with you know, sort of goals to set for next year and things to look forward to. As far as I think also, like to your point about a digital health company looking to, well, what's the next sector we should get in or where should we put some development dollars or some focus? I think that that would be very helpful. For Finn Partners, it's been really, it's been really great to have sort of some actual data that we can share with our customers and our clients and also help them make those strategic decisions. Well, I like to ask our guests, what gives you hope? What is it that makes you hopeful? Considering what you know, what are the things that make you excited or that you look forward to? Well, I guess that for me, I'll draw from, from where we are today, HLTH. You know, there's almost close on 10,000 people here. Everybody is full of energy and you know, interacting, networking, etc. So the slowdown in funding is not denting anyone's enthusiasm for the role of digital health in improving you know, health outcomes, patient outcomes, you know, health generally. For me, it's a couple of things we heard yesterday in the session. Mm-hmm. One of the things, because you know, I've been in this industry for a long time. I worked for some of the very largest health IT companies over the years. For what's exciting for me is a lot of companies here, we would typically call disruptors and they might call themselves disruptors as well. They're innovating. They're doing something really creative and new. One of the messages yesterday was that the disruptors need to always think about working with what they call the incumbents, right? The epics and the meditechs and the sort of the health infrastructure here in the United States. We have to make sure that the disruptors, the new companies, the digital health innovators are still remembering that we have to work in hand in hand, not only with the companies that are the technology that's already in place, the infrastructure, but also the clinicians and the providers. That's through relationships that we will move healthcare forward. Absolutely. That has been a common theme of conversations that I've been having around uh, the need to work together and cooperate. Coopetition has been coming up and a lot of community involvement. I'm just like, all right, if we're all rallied around wanting to solve a problem instead of 
working for each other's demise. Like, how can we actually work together to make improvements that we want to see on a larger scale? Yeah, because at the end of the day, the, the technology that's represented here or at any other conference, it really is that connective tissue that brings healthcare together, where it's the patient at the home, where it's the hospital, where it's the physician out in his office, where if it's the pharmaceutical company, right, trying to steer their development of their medications and their new therapeutics. So it's really bringing that together through um, information systems and data. Well, there's so much work to be done. And thank you for the work that you are doing to create insights so that other people can get farther faster. Yeah, so listen, it's uh, it's a pretty comprehensive document and it's been a fantastic opportunity to work with Finn Partners on this. The only thing I'd say is that there's only so many pages and there's much, much more data. So people can drill in much deeper if they want to. They just need to get in touch with us. So how, if somebody wanted to read the report or access the data, did they have an opportunity to do that? Yes. So you can download the report from Finn's website. Uh, Finnpartners.com. Okay. Correct. Or from the Galen Growth website, which is galengrowth.com forward slash research. In the report, there is a QR code that allows you to go to the data platform that is powered the, the report. And does that is that an interactive... I'm guessing. I'm just like making it up. Is it is that an interactive thing that you can like click in and see more data? And is, very and, much so. Okay, okay. There's 250 million data points. So yes. Fantastic. Well, thank you very much for joining me today. It's been a pleasure to understand what it is that you do and to share it with our audience. And if people want to connect with you personally or work with you or follow your work, where would you direct them? Good question. I would direct them generally to, to Galen Growth and, and find us that way. We're on LinkedIn, Julian DeSalaberry. Okay. Uh, same on LinkedIn, Beth Friedman, and also on Twitter at hitprmaven.com. Love it. Well, Julian, Beth, thank you very much for joining me today. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thanks for listening. You can learn more about us or this guest by going to our website or visiting us on any of the socials with the handle hit like a girl pod. Thanks again. See you soon. Again, thank you so much for listening to the Hit Like a Girl podcast. I am truly grateful for you, and I'm wondering if you could do me a quick favor. Would you be willing to follow or subscribe to this podcast, or maybe leave us a rating or review? Or if you're feeling extra generous, would you share this episode on your Instagram stories or with a friend? All those things help us podcasters out so much. I'm the show's host, Joy Rios, and I'll see you next time.